It's Friday, May 19th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Paul Hoynes, the, uh, the tone of the beginning of this podcast, a little different than if uh, the Guardians had had lost yesterday. Uh, they, they avoid a sweep, uh, get a 3-1 to one comeback win in Chicago. Uh, the big blow uh, landed, I, I, I guess, uh, in, in, an important hit was uh delivered by Cam Gallagher late in the game. That's something we haven't been able to say about uh a Guardians catcher uh so far in the month of May. Uh he came up with a hit and an RBI uh and, and it was a, a a pretty significant moment for uh for the club. Yeah, definitely. In the in the seventh inning, Joe, uh he's facing uh you know hard throwing uh, Gregory Santos, I believe, mm-hmm. came came in from the bullpen. Um to relieve D- uh, Dylan Cease, he's got runners on the corners. They had just uh, the Guardians had just taken a two-one lead uh, on a, a ground ball by uh, uh, rookie uh, Brian uh, Rocchio that uh, that Tim Anderson th- turned into an error. And uh, then uh, you know Gallagher, zero for thirty-four. He works an eight pitch uh, at bat. He's got two-two. And he takes a 99 mile an hour fastball and uh, drills it into left field to uh, score uh, Gabriel Arias for an, an insurance run to put him up three to one. And uh, first, his first hit since April 9th. And uh, I guess uh, God does smile on a Guardians catcher now and then. Every once in a while, yeah. That's uh, the the, the at bat was really you know something to focus on because. Because he did, he fought off a few pitches and he he fouled some pitches off, uh, and and there were times when uh, earlier in the game against Dylan Cease where he just looked completely overmatched and completely you know out of out of anything in the at bat, uh, but then he he turned it around and he came back and he fought back. That's just baseball, man. You can look so bad your first two at bats and then you you put together a, a decent at bat your third time up, and uh, you know turn things around. Uh, <laughs> I guess I saw the stat uh, that that the um, the Guardians catcher uh, the Guardians when Cam Gallagher uh, starts a game this year he started 15 games they're nine and six when he starts uh, and all three of their shutouts have taken place when uh, when he catches uh, the starting pitcher uh, and when Mike Zanino starts a game uh, they're 11 and like 17 or something like that and or and uh there you know obviously more runs have been scored off of Mike Zanino because he's had more opportunities but uh but Cam Gallagher behind the plate throws out two base stealers he threw out Tim Anderson in uh in the third inning and immediately after he threw out Tim Anderson uh one batter later Luis Robert doubles so you know that it 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 saved or it literally saved a run right there and then later in the game he threw out uh Jake Berger uh, so Cam Geller is at least, you know, keeping guys honest in terms of the run game as well. Yeah, that was those were two big plays uh, defensively. And, uh, you know, really, you know, <laughs> the, the Guardians advantage on the bases, Joe, you know, where they, you know, with, I think they've stolen what probably over 90, close to 90 percent of their, their uh, you know, steal attempts have been successful there. I think they're second in the American League in stolen bases. But it's been negated by the fact that they've li- they've let up just as many stolen bases and the percentage is almost as high. So to see Gallagher do that 
uh, yesterday was was a big lift, not only to uh, the pitching staff, but it had to be to him. And, uh, you know, just uh, take it took takes a burden off of, you know, the, the starting pitcher. It helps him out. Yeah. Uh, Gallagher, after the game, credited Logan Allen, uh, the lefty, with with being able to to hold the runners and, and various movements to to keep them as close as he did. Give Gallagher a chance to throw a guy out. He became the first uh, Cleveland catcher since uh, 2020 uh, in St. Louis. Uh, Roberto Perez threw out two runners in a game. That was the last time that happened. So, you know, Perez was there probably uh, showing off for his his idol in Yadier Molina, uh, throwing out base runners. But, uh, you know, kind of kind of shocking. That was the last time that uh, that it happened twice in a game for the Guardians that they threw out a base dealer. Yeah, and, and Perez was hurt most of that year, so he probably did it with a bad shoulder anyways. So that shows you what kind of, you know, the, the Guardians catchers since then haven't been, uh, you know, they haven't scared too many people off the bases. or They haven't scared anybody from not stealing bait. It's not trying to steal on them. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, Perez was, what, a two-time gold glove winner, really dominated behind the plate. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's... The quality of catching has not been the best since then. Yeah, I mean, Austin Hedges was was decent behind the plate defensively. He called a really good game, and you know he was pretty good pretty good at blocking. But uh, you know, I can't remember, I can't recall a lot of guys trying to steal on Austin Hedges uh, very much. So uh, it, it, it's also because the the Guardians pitchers do a good job of of keeping guys close. Uh, big game for Gabriel Arias uh, at the plate. He comes out and. Uh, when uh, the Guardians had fallen behind by a run uh, it, uh, in the game and uh, in, in comes out and you know, I believe it was the fifth inning, uh, doesn't spot Dylan Cease a first pitch fastball, uh, sees the ball and, and drills it over the wall for his second home run of the season. And then later in the game in the seventh uh, sort of ignites that rally uh, two run inning by uh, doubling over the wall or uh, doubling to the wall in right center field. Uh, and, and he said after the game that it was it was because he remembered the way that Cease attacked him with a slider early uh, in an at bat earlier in the game when he grounded into a double play with a runner on first base. So, you know, that's a uh, that's significant. Making that adjustment at the plate for uh, for a young hitter like uh, Arias did, uh, you know, knowing how this uh, this pitcher uh, Cease was going to come after him and, and taking advantage of it. Yeah, that was encouraging. You know, uh, Terry Francona keeps talking about, you know, we we like Arias. We we need to play him. He's important to us. And uh, we finally saw something, you know, finally saw, you know, what perhaps the Guardians see in this guy on, uh, you know, uh, Wednesday afternoon there or Thursday afternoon at, at Guaranteed Rate Field. You know, uh, you know, just two big extra base hits. And, you know, the way the first two games went in that series, they certainly needed it. Yeah, those were were, were big hits and, and significant moments for uh, for the club. Uh, as far as Logan Allen, he gets out there in the second inning and gives up back-to-back hits to start the inning and then walks Andrew Benatendi. Uh, Cam Gallagher said that it was uh, maybe they were trying to be a little too fine in their approach to Benatendi. Uh, Gallagher said that they... They wanted to pitch him inside. Uh, Allen was missing a little bit inside there. They walked him. But after that walk, Logan Allen really sort of locked it in and, uh, you know, got through the inning. He he uh, he got out of a bases loaded, nobody outs jam, 
with uh, Hanser Alburo popping out to to first base on a soft liner and then striking out the next two batters he faced uh, to escape damage. Yeah, just, uh, you know, really a good comeback. You know, the uh, Alberto bat was like 10, 10 pitches, and uh, this guy, Hanser Alberto's got great numbers against lefties. You're sitting there waiting. I was watching on TV waiting for, you know, a, a double in the gap or something, And but Logan Allen comes back and gets him and then strikes out the next two guys. And like you said, Joe, he, he just kind of took off from there. Yeah, and uh, you know he didn't uh, make it into uh, what I think he pitched five and two thirds, uh, and didn't factor in the decision. But uh, you know he still gave the team a chance to win, and that's you hear Tito talk about that all the time. He gave gave them an opportunity. Uh, they got to Nick Sandlin, and and Sandlin came out, and Tito uh, said afterwards that you know the scouting report said that they were kind of set up for Nick Sandlin to come in and be effective. Uh, against those right-handed hitters from the in the Chicago lineup, uh, whether it was, you know, just the way that those guys were trending or something that uh, Sandlin was able to do, uh, Tito kind of expected Sandlin to come through the way he did uh, with an inning and a third of of uh, scoreless relief, and uh, you know he picked up his uh, picked up the win for uh, for Cleveland. Yeah, you, you know Sandlin has been really hot the last two, three, four times out, really pitching well in May. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, I think Tito's used him after, you know, lo, after Logan Allen starts a couple times now, he's come in and, you know, there was a time, uh, I don't know if it was uh, Logan Allen's last start or uh, maybe two starts ago where he came in and got a big double play to uh, keep the game, you know, within reach. Uh, but maybe, you know, he his kind of, you know, the, the, the lineups are kind of geared to a lefty and, and Allen. And then you bring in a Sandlin kind of a, you know, sidearm or right-hander. And, and, you know, maybe you take advantage of the other team's lineup. Maybe his stuff, you know, Sandlin's stuff really works, works to his advantage there. Yeah. It might be a trend to watch as we, as we go forward for uh, more Logan Allen starts who, who the first guy out of the pen is uh, in those games, depending on the situation uh, might be, might be real interesting. So, uh, you know, the the Guardians, the uh, the Twins, the Tigers, uh, everybody's lo- loses and uh, what are all five and five in the in their last 10 games. Uh, Cleveland back into second place, only uh, barely in the American League Central right now. Yeah, but they are 20 and 23. The Tigers are 19 and 22. Uh, they're, they have a percentage point lead. Joe over the Tigers and both teams are three and a half behind the twins. And like you said, the top three teams in the AL central, they've all gone five and five in their last 10. Uh, the guardians still have a negative, uh, you know, run differential of 31. The, uh, Tigers are minus, uh, 48. The twins have a positive run, run differential. The only uh, team in the division to do so. Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's still a lot of baseball to be played, and things have not been uh, been determined yet. So, uh, what was your biggest takeaway from that three game trip in in Chicago, and and the just just sort of the the biggest theme coming out of that as they head to New York for this weekend? Um, you know, just what a difference power makes, Joe. I mean, it, it makes such a you know the 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 White Sox were playing for their season. I mean, they were desperate to try and revive their season. What they lost twenty of their first twenty eight games, 
but they have, you know, and you don't think they're, you know, you you look at their lineup, you look at what they've done, how they struggled, but they can, they've got like three, four, five guys that can hit the ball out of the park, and you know, and it just makes such a huge difference. Even you know when you got your best guy on the mound with Shane Bieber, you know he he gives up two home runs in an inning. I mean, the home run can change things so quickly, and the Guardians just don't have that ability, or I don't know if they ever will, you know, this season. Yeah. I mean, is you know, and it, it just it just like it's a game changer, and to to not recognize that is uh, you know to not recognize the way game the game is played. Yeah, uh, my my biggest takeaway from uh, from the Guardians in that series, uh, how much Jose Ramirez changes, uh, even just for a little bit, the the middle of that lineup, and at least gives them the threat to score in a lot of ways. Uh, because you're right, they don't hit the ball out of the park, but at least with Jose in there, uh, there's a a chance to you know you feel like every three innings there's a chance for for you to do something uh, when he comes up to the plate. So uh, they really did miss Jose Ramirez uh, away from the club uh, for uh, after the the passing of his grandmother. Uh, we found his grandmother's uh, name Santa Ramirez was she was 68 years old. Uh, and so uh, he should be back with the club in New York today off the bereavement list. Uh, Brian Rocchio played, uh, you know, it, it was his his time to, to make his debut. He played third base, made one error over there yesterday. Uh, Tito called it a careless error, but, you know, the uh, guy hasn't played very much at, at that position. Uh, but he did get his first uh, big league RBI, his first hit. Uh, you know, played in the game. I I think there's a a, a lot to like with um with Rocchio, and and you can see why uh, people are so high on him. So yeah, uh, you know, just a couple of takeaways from that series, and now we go on to uh, New York, where uh, you're out there with them, getting ready to face the Mets, and uh, storylines abound with this series coming up. Uh, lots of lots of familiar faces and matchups and and fun stuff to be covering this weekend. For sure, Joe. And, uh, you know, we, this is the first time, uh, Cleveland will play, uh, you know, pl- will face, uh, uh, Francisco Lindor and, and Carlos Carrasco since they traded those two players, the kind of mainstays of, of those Cleveland teams that they played on in January of uh, 2021. And the two guys, uh, the two prime, uh, primary guys they got back are, you know, st- are starting in the middle of the diamond for, for Cleveland and uh, Ahmed Rosario and, and Andres uh, Jimenez. So it's going to be really, it's going to be a fun, uh, fun kind of uh, like a showdown in a uh, showdown at City Field. And Carrasco's just coming off the, uh, the injured list. He hasn't started since April uh, because of a sore right elbow. This will be the first time he's ever faced Cleveland. And, uh, you know, first time for our friend uh, Lindor's face Cleveland as well. He's, you know, kind of struggling a little bit. He's only hitting 224, but he's got six home runs. He's got a bunch of RBIs. You know, he's still being productive. But uh, the Mets themselves are struggling. Uh, 22 and 23, Joe. Um, f- uh, six games out of first place or in third place in the NL East behind Atlanta, but they're coming off of uh, taking two out of three games from, a, from uh, you know, the best team in baseball, the Rays. So they're primed for this series. Yeah. And it was the way they did it too. both in comeback fashion. They took two games uh, from the Rays. So I'd look more at, at that than I would at their, their overall record or, 
uh, you know, if they're struggling or not, uh, you know, they're, they're coming in and uh, the, the Guardians are coming in and the Mets are hot. And uh, you don't like to see Pete Alonso celebrating with the, you know, uh, the, the microphone out at City Field after a walk off. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I, I can't repeat what he said, but, uh, you know, it's it's pretty, uh, pretty intimidating to be going in there uh, for that. Uh, as far as the pitching matchups, you, uh, you mentioned uh, you got Cal Quantrill and uh, Carlos Carrasco going uh, on that in that game on uh, tonight. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, it's uh, Tanner Bybee's going. Tomorrow, Tanner, Tanner Bybee and uh, Max Scherzer. And Scherzer, again, he's dealing with his own injury issues, uh, you know, so far this season. He hasn't been great 3-2 and two with a 488 ERA. Uh, but then uh, Sunday night, you've got Shane Bieber and Justin Verlander, uh, you know, the classic matchup uh, against uh, uh, Verlander uh, with Bieber coming off of one of his, you know, worst outings of the season. Yeah, um, you know, Verlander, a long history against uh, Cleveland, made his big league debut about a million years ago against Cleveland, uh, you know, when he was pitched for the Tigers. Uh, he's he's dominated uh, Cleveland since moving to Houston, uh, you know, then coming to the Mets. But he's he's also coming off an injury, Joe. He hasn't pitched a whole lot. Uh, so it, it's, it'll be interesting to see. You've got Scherzer and Verlander, probably two future Hall of Famers, you know, kind of uh, limping into this series. But, you know, we've seen both those guys and we know uh, that they, uh, you know, they can push the dial on the clock back at any time. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they, they play to see how those two pitch and how, you know, the Guardians respond against them. Can this offense do anything against these three kind of veteran pitchers? Yeah, that's the really scary thing is you can't you can't go into a series pinning your hopes on, uh, you know, all three veteran starters for the Mets could be broken down and, uh, you know, hurting or, or not fully healthy. You've got to go in assuming that that if they're out there that they can pitch and uh, if they can pitch all three of them the way that they they have been able to pitch, then uh, you're in for a rough night, especially when your offense is, has been struggling overall. Uh, but they will get Jose Ramirez back, uh, so there will be a, a roster move uh, ahead of that to, to get Ramirez back on the roster. Uh, might not be the roster move that a lot of people have been anticipating or been demanding uh, uh, in terms of uh, a different position on the field at catcher. But uh, Ramirez will be back. Brian Rocchio seems the likely choice to be heading back to uh, Columbus, but you never know. Uh, they might think to go in a different direction there. Uh, I, I know Tyler Freeman only played in really one game in that series. So, uh, you know, who knows what their, their thought process is there. But, uh, you know, we're still we're getting closer, but we're, we're still it feels like miles away from. Uh, Bo Naylor making his debut at some point uh, in the in the in the near future. Yeah, Joe, I think uh, you know I think that's kind of not a matter of when, not not if you know, don't you? I think it's yeah, kind of know, I, I, it's, it's inevitable. But I, I think uh, they're 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 still going to wait. They've got their target date in mind, and they're not gonna they're not gonna waver off of that, uh, regardless of what the you know what the tone is in on Twitter or, or anything like that. Uh, those aren't the people that run the team. I. I got to believe that by the time Tristan McKenzie is ready to make his return, when when those roster moves come due, that that's about the time you blow things up and you, you make some moves. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, I would think so. And, you know, early June sometime, I think that's probably the date if they're really looking at, you know, to, uh, you know, control Bo Naylor's service time, you know, that then you get the ex, you can get the extra year by, by waiting that long. Uh, you know, so yeah, yeah, I would think, uh, you know, that date is and, coming up. And Savali, Aaron Savali went, what, three scoreless innings, uh, gave up a couple of hits, uh, four strikeouts, um, last night in his, um, rehab assignment in Columbus. Tristan McKenzie scheduled to pitch, uh, on Saturday, uh, in Columbus as well. Yeah, so they'll both that's encouraging, you know, they and it's gonna be really interesting, Joe. Where do you what do you do? You know, when when McKenzie and, well, and like uh, Savali are, are healthy and ready to pitch. What what like, do you put them back in the rotation or do you or is it, which one of these young guys have impressed you enough to, to that they've earned a job here? Like I said, major roster upheaval coming when Tristan McKenzie <laughs> is ready to be uh to be activated off the uh the the injured list. Um, yeah, so, so it should be a lot of fun. And Joe, uh, right. I, I, I like the way uh, Freeman swung the bat, didn't you, in Chicago? Absolutely. He hit two Wait, rockets, all, man. Hey, all this kid, all this kid's done when he's gotten a chance to get in there is give you two hits in a game. It's, I know. I mean, he can't even get off the bench. Yeah, it's, it's tough. So, I uh, start showcasing him for, for other teams if you want to trade him. I mean, he's, he's good. He can get you something in return. Uh, All right, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, We'll be back with another edition on Monday. Hoynes, we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. 